today we're, we're going to continue. We're, we're talking about and sharing with you, the believer, what you can do to set yourself up to be blessed by God. What you can do, what I can do, that will put you in position to receive the goodness of God. What was the first thing that you need to do? Fear God. Walk in the reverential fear of God, and that will put you in position to be blessed. Number two, what was the second thing? We talked about it, Nutter, Wednesday night. What's the second thing that we've been on, not this last week because Dr. Gant was here, but the week before. What's the second thing that will help promote you to be blessed? Spiritual hunger. Everyone say, the fear of the Lord. Spiritual hunger. Okay, now we're going to go on. And uh, let, let me read this, though, concerning uh, hunger. In Matthew 5, 6, one translation says, God invoked a divine favor in increasing proportion upon those who hunger and crave continually for those things that are totally right in his eyes. The result is they shall be filled and fulfilled with those right things. That's a wonderful translation. So it pays to walk in the fear of God. It pays to be spiritually hungry. Well, I'm not spiritually hungry. Hungry. Well, then start crying out to God, seeking God and asking him, Amen, to make you more spiritually hungry. Now look at Psalm 73. Psalm 73. I'm going to read the entire psalm because I want you to see the third thing that you and I need to work at that will help us walk in the goodness of God, have revelation of the goodness of God, and receive blessings from heaven. Do you want all that? Okay, it says this in Psalm 73. Truly God is good to Israel. Now this applies to Israel. This is Old Testament, Old Covenant, but it also applies to the church. Truly God is good to Israel to such as are what? Pure in heart. Pure in heart. Today is my political sermon. If there's ever a psalm that deals with what we're going through right now, this is it. And I didn't recognize that. You know, I was studying along these lines about purity of heart. Then I recognized this is today. This is the hour in which we live. Because this psalmist, Asaph, got, he had the temptation to be offended. He was tempted to allow his heart to be corrupted, be, be offended, and embittered. But he caught himself. He pulled himself up by the bootstraps, and he made adjustments and corrections. And as a result, this starts out kind of, kind of a, you know, oh, woe is me. But at the end of this psalm, it's a different story. Truly, God is good to Israel, to such as are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped, for I was what? Envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. What are you seeing now this hour in our government? Wickedness, 
rebellion, evil. For there are no pangs in their death. This is New King James, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, they're not in trouble, are they? Well, I think it's starting to brew. Nor are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride serves as their necklace. Violence covers them like a garment. Their eyes bulge with abundance. Does this sound familiar? They have more than, than heart could wish. Now, what's happened? This psalmist, he's, he's looking at the wicked. He's seeing their prosperity, and it really bothers him. They scoff and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily or proudly. They set their mouth against the heavens. Whoa, is that going on today? Are they setting their mouths against God? And their tongue walks through the earth. Therefore, his people return here and waters of a full cup are drained by them. And they say, how does God know? And is there knowledge in the most high? Behold, these are the ungodly who are always at ease. They increase in riches. Surely, he says, I've cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. For all day long I've been plagued and chastened every morning. See, he's kind of feeling sorry for himself. If I had said I will speak thus, behold, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. Now here we have... a an adjustment taking place. Until I went into the what? Sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. Whose end? The wicked's end. The evil's end. Surely you set them in slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. Oh, how they are brought to desolation as in a moment. They are utterly consumed with terrors as a dream when one awakes. So, Lord, when you awake, you shall despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved, and I was vexed in my mind. Now here's another adjustment of heart, the heart's attitude. I was so what? Foolish and ignorant. Do you know how many foolish? Now, don't get mad if I say this. Now, this doesn't apply to you. Do you know how many foolish and ignorant Christians there are today? It's pathetic. Foolish and Christian, foolish Christians and ignorant. Ignorant. Stupid. You know, like you said, you can't fix stupid. They're out. You're talking about the world. Well, yeah, we know. They have an excuse. They're not born again. But there are Christians out there that are ignorant of what's going on in this hour. I got off my track here. Remember the verse, Abe, so I can pick up from there. Ignorant. And what do they do? Many of them blame God. Where's God in this election?
Thus my heart was grieved and I was vexed in my mind. I was so foolish and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. Nevertheless, I'm continually with you. You hold me by my right hand and you will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Oh, I like this. In fact, I've, I, this is in my heart. I've, I quote this scripture a lot when in my prayer. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there's none upon earth that I desire besides you. Now, has he made a change? Yes, you can see it's quite evident. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For indeed, those who are far from you shall what? Perish. You have destroyed all those who desert you for harlotry. But it is good for me to what? Draw to God, draw near to God. I put my trust in the Lord God that I might declare all your works. It's good to what? Now, if you don't want to be a foolish, ignorant Christian, then this is the hour in which you better draw near to God. This is the season in which you better draw near to God. Doesn't that fit the hour in which we are living? Big time. I, I won't do it for the sake of time, but read it in the Message Bible. Jot down in your notes to get the Message Bible and read, read Psalm 73 in a little different flair there. Now, I want you to look at verse 3. And I want to ask you, where was the psalmist's eyes? Where were his eyes? Look at verse 3. For I was envious of the boastful when I what? Saw the prosperity of the wicked. So where, what did he do? He got his eyes off of God. And he got his eyes on the prosperity of the wicked. And it's real easy because of technology today. You turn on the TV, you sit in front of the internet, you've got your phones and all this, and people are constantly looking. Sometimes I have to turn the TV off, and I don't even watch Fox Fox News sometimes. They're not entirely innocent either. Sorry. But if you get your eyes on the problem right now, and on this, you get, you get so caught up in the election, and as Christians, we need to be informed. No doubt. But listen to this central truth, and I'm going to read this to you, and I want it to soak in. Because what was the first thing you can do to position yourself to receive God's goodness? Walk in the fear of God. Number two, spiritually hungry. Number three, purity of heart. Purity, what do you mean? Keeping your heart right. Here's the central truth. Listen closely. When you and I allow our eyes to be focused on anything but God, our hearts become corrupted. It's that simple. When you and I allow our eyes to be focused on anything but God, our hearts become corrupted. If this occurs, we lose perspective. And this hinders revelation of God's goodness, and it hinders the flow or stops the flow of the blessings of God or the goodness of God. 
And if there ever was an hour, you and I are going to have to work hard at keeping our heart right. Democrat, Republican, Independent. What it boils down to is, yes, this election is important, but the most important thing is keeping your heart right. Because if you allow, you keep your, I get your eyes on a certain thing, and then you start doubting God, where's God in this election? As far as I'm concerned, God is still on the throne. And yes, this nation has sinned. This nation deserves judgment. But how many times through the Bible did Israel deserve judgment and they cried out to God and he spared them? Yes, they reaped some of the consequences of their sin and their actions, but God is a good God. And if God can spare a city because of the prayers of a righteous man, all these months this church has prayed, yes, we're a small church, I get so tired of people asking me how big my church is. They've done, that's just a thing with preachers. How big? And I got one, one guy telling me that I know real well. Well, you wouldn't believe the amount of money this church in, in Norfolk takes in a month, a week. And all my, oh, we hardly had room. That used to bother me. Now I don't give a rat's rump. God can defeat by the small by few or by many. And I'll tell you, this church, you know, is, it's remarkable. We sent the man of God away last week with $2,000. So it doesn't matter how, what size of church. But what does matter is we keep our eyes on God so we can keep our heart pure. The motives of our heart are the integrity and character of our heart. Then we can walk in the goodness of God. Receive the blessings of God's goodness. When you and I allow our eyes to be focused on anything but God, our hearts become corrupted. And this is what happened to this psalmist. He got his eyes on something else, and it began to corrupt his heart. But thank God he he woke up. Awake to righteousness and sin not, he woke up. I found this, and this is an interesting statement. It says, godly vision is the friend of every leader, helping them to keep perspective and stay the course. When Asaph sees the final destiny of the wicked, he is able to endure his season of oppression. Have we had a season of oppression in America? Yes. Without hope in the future, we lack power in the present. Now, that, that's a good statement. Without hope in the future, we lack power in the present. So no matter what happens Tuesday night, my God is still the Supreme Court Justice of the universe. And sin will be judged. Wickedness will be judged. Now, you can ask me. I've got some personal opinions about some things. 
I could be wrong. But I'm telling you right now, let's keep everything in a heavenly perspective. What's a pure heart? King James, instead of using the word to such as are pure in heart, it says clean. Simply, purity of heart is a clean heart. Purity of heart is keeping your heart clean. Without blemish, undefiled, it means ethical purity. Let me read to you from the Amplified Translation, from Psalm 119, verse 1. Blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied are the undefiled, the upright, truly sincere, and blameless. Do you think there's a lot of politicians that are truly sincere? (laughs) It's all for them. Personal agenda. Truly sincere and blameless in the way. Whose way? Of the revealed will of God who walk and order their conduct and conversation in the law of the Lord, the whole of God's revealed will. Now listen, verse 2. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied are they who keep his testimonies and who seek, inquire for, and of him, and crave him with the whole heart. That's a good definition of purity of heart. Craving him with the whole heart. Look at Psalm 24. Psalm 24. Let's start with verse 1. It says, the earth is the Lord's in all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Look at verse 3. We're talking about purity of heart, clean heart. Who may ascend in the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? What do you think? He who has clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. So do you see? It's so important that you and I keep our hearts attitude. Do you know how many people argue over politics? Do you think a lot of people argue? Sure they do. Everybody has an opinion. I have an opinion. She's got an opinion. Other people in the church have an opinion. That's, isn't it wonderful to live in a democracy? We can have our own opinions. But what it comes down to is you can have an opinion. You need to voice your opinion. And you and I need to stand up for what's right. Kathy got another article from, when was it? This last Billy Graham, was it written by Franklin, the article, or by somebody else? Chuck Colson, you remember him? Got in trouble, went to prison, got saved. He's, he's gone on to be with the Lord. And when was this written? Wrote it about 10 years ago. And I haven't read the article. She has, but she communicated to me. Basically, he was saying in the days ahead, Christians are going to have to decide if they're going to serve God or the government. There might come a day 
We don't like to think about that. Well, if they take away your, you know, tax status and you can't report that on your, and you do your taxes and your tithing and your giving. Yeah, who cares? But how many Christians like to give, but they want to make sure that thing, take that off. What is it? Heart. Heart issue. All tithing is, is, or not tithing, is a heart issue. Bottom line, you don't tithe because you have a heart, a, a, a heart issue. You do tithe because you have the right heart's attitude. It's that simple. And there was fun how you did that and interesting, but isn't it sad you got to get up and do that every week and try to get people to see the light to tithe? I've never had an issue, and I was an ignorant Methodist boy in my early 20s, and I got it. And all... Everything in this life, in our Christian walk, boils down to the condition of your heart. This election where we're at right now with these two candidates is because of heart. The wrong heart's attitude by not just the world, but by many Christians who are apathetic about the whole process. Well, you can complain and call me all you want this week, but I have jury duty, so I won't be here. i got to shut my phone off. Look at Matthew um, chapter 5. I'm not going to get done today, but that's all right. You think after this election, God can still be God. Are the wicked still going to be in government? <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let me listen now. I don't care who wins. I do care. But whoever wins, you're still going to have wickedness in places of high authority. And it's our job as a church to pray them out. Matthew chapter 5, in the Amplified, in verse 8. Blessed, happy, enviably, enviably fortunate, and spiritually prosperous, possessing the happiness produced by the experience of God's favor and especially conditioned by the revelation of His grace, regardless of their outward, outward conditions, Regardless of the outward conditions, regardless of their outward conditions, are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That's a good scripture. I like that. What's the, why is the heart so important? Because the Bible says you believe with the heart. You, you're, you, we're told to keep our heart with diligence. We're told to love God with all of our, sanctify God in your Serve God with your, walk before God with heart. Do God's will from the heart. David prayed when he sinned, create within me a clean heart and renew a steadfast, steadfast spirit. What's the most important parable? You don't understand any of the parables if you don't understand this parable. Got any clues? The law of 
parable of the sower. Because the word is sowed into your heart. And the thief comes immediately to steal the word from your heart. Now, look back at Psalm 73. And we'll close with this. What do you mean, Pastor Mike? When this election, yeah, it, it, it's important that we keep our heart right before the election, during the election, and after the election. We've been praying for months for this election. Does that mean we unhook and we quit praying? No. No. Now, what the psalmist did is what you and I are going to have to do. We're going to have to evaluate our hearts. I ask you today, what's the condition of your heart? You, God knows, and you know. You should know. But there's some things that the psalmist did to bring correction, self-evaluation and correction. And this applies. Psalm 73, 15, it says, the psalmist said, Asaph said, If I had said I will speak thus, behold, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. One translation says, Had I spoken thus and given expression to my feelings, I would have been untrue and have dealt treacherously against the generation of your children. The first thing you need to do, say the first thing I need to do to keep my heart pure. Now listen. Everyone say this, keep my mouth shut. The psalmist had to keep his mouth shut. Now, I'm not saying you don't speak up for what what's, is wrong and evil. I mean, you've, you've got to stand for what's right. I have no problem with that. But what he started to do was blame God. <coughs> We've heard a lot of... A lot of messages by preachers and prophets about how God was going to judge America. Have we not? And yes, we're going to be judged. But listen, I'm sorry. I tend to lean on his mercy, his goodness. Some Christians just think God carries a big stick and is going to whack Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump, strike him dead. God is a good God, and he doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants everyone to come into the knowledge of salvation. Yes, you reap what you sow, and this nation has sowed a lot of junk, wicked things. And if we don't get our act together, we'll pay the price. It's that simple. But I believe... <laughs> and. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. But the word of God says he crowns the year with goodness. So I'm expecting some good things to come out. Whatever happens, I'm expecting some good things to come out. Apostle Mike said there'd be surprises. Has there been any surprises? Yeah. Jesus said it's not what goes in the mouth that defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a man. Proverbs 21, 23 says, Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Scripture says, Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. 
The Bible says in Proverbs 30, basically keep your hand or keep your mouth shut to avoid trouble and heartache. So, you know, don't blame God. Don't get so consumed with this person and that person. Let's get our eyes on God, who is a good God, a just God, a merciful God. And let's plead his mercy. Look at verse 17. I'm almost done. The psalmist, now he was having a pity party. Then he says in verse 16, when I thought how to understand this, it was too painful or troublesome in my eyes until I went where? I like to say it this way because I'm a preacher. To church. So the first thing is keep your mouth shut, your opinions to yourself because it can corrupt other people. And the second thing is, get to church, seek God, and pray. What have we been doing? We've been praying as a church. And granted, there's sometimes I've come in here and we've just had a few people here to pray, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, what's the use? And there's, there's not a whole lot of unction and anointing. Have you ever prayed and not have a lot of, of unction to pray? And it's just, oh, you're praying, and it's like you're giving birth, and it hurts, and it's... Oh, it's discouraging, and I don't sense your presence, God. But what do you do? You do it out of obedience because it's the right thing to do. You go to church and pray. The psalmist sought God. He got into his presence. And the Bible says the pure in heart will see. So if you want some understanding of what's and some proper perspective of what's going on, you've got to Seek God, draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. In his light, we see light. We'll have understanding of this. But if you don't pray and you don't seek God, you're in the dark and you're in trouble. And that applies to every area of your life. The third thing, the final thing, look at verse 21. My heart was grieved. The psalmist said his heart was what? Grieved. And I was vexed in my mind. Now listen. I was so what? And what? Ignorant. What kind of heart? And if you get this right, I'll quit today. We'll shut her down. If you don't get it right, three more hours. No, we'll just go to the election. We'll pray and pray and pray till the election's over. <laughs> what was the first thing the psalmist did? Keep your mouth shut. What was the second thing? Go to church, get into God's presence, pray. The third thing is this. I was so foolish and ignorant. Now, listen, I'll, I'll help you out on this one. If Abe knew he was an idiot, and Beth would probably say at times he is, like me. You and I are idiots at times. We do stupid things. But if Abe comes to me and says, Pastor Mike, I was a fool and stupid to do and say what I did, what kind of heart was that? Humble heart. Oh, you got it right. Now we can leave. A humble heart, humility of heart. If you've said some things and thought some things, 
maybe even blamed God for some things and expected, you know, all these negative bad things to happen this year. Humble yourselves before God, church. Go to God. Draw near to him. Get the mind of Christ before you speak. It ain't over till the sings. You hear me? It isn't over yet. Those of you that want judgment on this nation, you want to experience it, you better watch what you wish for. But if you want the goodness of God, then humble yourselves. Keep your heart pure. Keep the attitude of your heart right. Well, Pastor Mike, what's going to happen? Look at Psalm 37. This is the last scripture. Unless it's the wrong scripture. I think it's the right scripture. What's going to happen to the wicked? Bottom line. What's going to happen to them? Mark the blameless man, verse 37, and observe the upright. These are the what kind of heart? Pure in heart, upright. For the future of that man is peace. Say the future, my future, is peace. Because I'm keeping my heart pure. The future of that man is peace, but the transgressors shall be destroyed. Together, the future of the wicked shall be cut off. Now, this could time say, Amen. <laughs> Who said this? Where's this at? It's in the Word of God. 